0: Once we find something that works early in the year, once we get to this point, like they don't want to change it. We know what works. We know what makes them feel good. We know what doesn't. I don't want to change it. I just want it to be second nature so they can kind of just focus on what they need to on the field.
1: Hey guys, it's Riley. Just wanted to pop in real quick and remind you that the RBSN library is now open and available for you to check out. This online resource is a collection of sports nutrition resources that are designed for busy student athletes, sports professionals working in college or high school athletic departments, or registered dietitians who are looking for advice and resources to grow their college athletic department or their
2: sports nutrition private practice. Hello, and welcome to the Eat More Carbs podcast. My name is Jenna Fisher, and I'm here with my co-host, Riley Beatty. Today, we have sports dietitian Katie McGinnis on our podcast to help answer some questions. Katie, can you take a minute and introduce yourself?
0: Sure. Uh, My name is Katie McGinnis, and currently I'm the major league performance Dietitian for the Texas Rangers. I'll give just a quick background of myself and kind of how I got there. Nutrition is actually my second career. I used to work in marketing in the NFL. Worked for two teams and decided I didn't really love it, and I wanted to work with athletes. I was a two-sport athlete in college and kind of knew that's what I wanted to do. So 2010, I went back to school and started over at the University of Texas and did all of my undergraduate dietetic work and my graduate coursework in the first couple of years there. Then in 2013 became a registered dietitian, 2016, finished my PhD. And in the middle of that, I took a job as an assistant sports dietitian at the University of Texas. So I was there for eight years, all in all. And my third day on the job, my boss sent me to the College World Series with our baseball team. And I was like, no, 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 I came here to work football. I don't like baseball. I don't want to do this at all. And I went and I was like, for this is actually like I fit pretty well into this atmosphere and so was there for eight years ended up working with all the sports there at one point or another got a great experience but I know you guys know that world and working 100 hour weeks for that long with minimal pay I was like I gotta do something else so in 2021 I just resigned and I took a leap of faith and was like I just need I know if I don't leave I'm just gonna stay so I left and about a month into that Kind of retirement. I took a job with a professional rugby team here in Austin, which was super cool and totally different from anything I ever saw myself doing. And then about a month into that, it was a part-time job. A month into that, I got a cold call from the head strength coach at the Texas Rangers. And he was like, do you want to, you know, we have an open position. Are you interested? I know you have a lot of baseball experience. And I was like, I have looked at MLB jobs and it's just a lot of catering and a lot of travel. And I was like, I just am not interested in that kind of job anymore. And he was like, well, we don't use our dietitians to do food service. And I was like, Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> I Oh, God, it was so refreshing the year. And so I was like, I also don't want to travel full time. I've done that. And I'm, I'm kind of burnt out. And he was like, No, you don't have to travel. It's a part time position. And I was like, I also don't want to move out of Boston. And he was like, you don't have to, you can just commute up when the team is home. And when the team is away, you go back to Austin. And I was like, Yes, this is literally an ideal job. So I took that last year. Now, this is my second year, or I guess moving into my third year. And This year was able to kind of build out a department. So now I have Courtney Gallagher, who's our minor league coordinator, she's got 10 years of experience, and Mimi Ryan, who's covering our Arizona facility. And so we're fully staffed and it's been really, really, really great. that's where I am now.
2: I think any dietician would agree that when you hear there's no food service involved in a job, that's a dream job.
0: Especially when it's 162 games a year, and that's not including spring training, and there's three to four meals every single day. Like That's a full-time job. So I'm hoping now that this team has had some success that we can kind of expose our model of of staffing because it's amazing, and it's super sustainable, and three of us are really, really happy. And I hope that other teams can take Notice and start to structure dietitians' jobs in the way that they should be.
2: Coming off a championship, too, I hope other people start to look towards. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm hoping that that's
0: like there's there's a lot of good that that comes with, with winning a world series, but I'm hoping to be able to kind of utilize this as a platform now to say like, I'm very much support staff. So I'm not taking any credit for, for the win, but like you can do it in a way where people are happy and it's successful. And the, the guy's still taken care of. And the staff is is happy without having someone travel full time and cater all the time. It's, you can do it a different way.
1: We always talk about like on this podcast, especially when it comes to nutrition, quality over quantity. <sighs>
0: So my my role is actually I'm part time and the two other employees are full time. So it's a little non traditional that I function as a director, but I'm the part time employee. But it gives me so much flexibility to be able to say here's when I'm going to be with the team and here's when I'm not. And it's just so sustainable. And there's different types of contracts in Major League Baseball where, where you can opt into benefits and retirement and still be part time. And I'm like, why are we not doing this? Because then if a team says, you know, I only have twenty thousand dollars to spend, you could get someone with ten years of experience and. say, Say, Here's what I can do for 20k versus saying I'm going to hire a full time dietitian for 20k, probably not quite that low, but let's say 40. And then you're looking at someone taking care of your major league team that has this is their first job out of school. And I don't support that model because I think about myself in my first year and how much I would have botched this job in my first year. So I think, you know, even if with limited budgets, you could still get some experience that way.
2: Everybody says you learned the most in your first year out of the internship. And it's so true.
0: I, I mean, even like my first four or five years, I think, I mean, I still learn a lot. Today, but I've spent a lot of time working with young dietitians, and I think about where I was when I was in my first year and consider myself like a decently smart human being. But I was like, man, I just didn't have those soft skills that I needed, and I wouldn't have known how to handle guys who were making a quarter million dollars a game. I just wouldn't have known how to speak to them and work with strength coaches who have been doing this for 20 years when I haven't. So, first couple years are so crucial to have a good mentor and learn all that stuff.
1: Something that I always tell young dietitians is I feel like I started to really make Make way in the field when I realized how much I didn't know. Because when I first came out of my internship, and Jenna and I actually did an internship together, oh, but cool. I think yeah, a long time ago, <laughs> I think it was all about like, I could do this, I could be in this position, I could do this. And then you start getting that worker experience. And you're like, whoa, there's so much I didn't know. Yeah. Besides just like the nutrition aspect of this.
0: Totally. Job. I had a, a younger MLB dietitian reach out to me about our staffing model and talking about how like, I was really protective of Not letting them do food service. And she came back and she was like, Well, I think we can do it all. And with proper experience and training. And I think it was one of her first full time jobs. And I was like, You don't know what you don't know yet. (laughs) (laughs) We can do the food service, but please listen when I say don't do it (laughs) or find ways out of it. Like you don't know what you don't know
2: yet. Especially when it comes to the food service or some of the things that dietitians are asked to do. I think we have a tendency to want to take on all of those tasks. But in reality, Mm -hmm. just because we have the knowledge and we can do them doesn't mean that we should do all of those things which is why having resources having mentors all those things are really valuable especially in the sports space
0: yeah and the, the amount of time that's freed up for me to actually do high-level science like I kind of help oversee some of the high-risk cases in the minor leagues as well just to have another mind on it um, and we have a, a guy in our minor league system that's in stage four CKD I always kind of joke like two places where I might be kind of deadly is in a NICU and in a dialysis clinic because I haven't done it in so long and I was like I we need to spend some time like researching the newest recommendations and but we had the time to do that and so now this guy is getting the best care that he's ever had you know we had really the time and the resources to be able to manage cases like that where in the college setting I would have never had time to be able to truly like dive in and he came from a college and their dietitian didn't have that time either and it was kind of apparent no fault to that person but it's amazing how much more effective you can be when you have that time to actually do the high level stuff.
1: <laughs> I see that all Time team in private practice. And I mean, we even get questions from like our athletes and our clients who are like, because again, right, we work independently. So sometimes we work with interdisciplinary teams, but we're not kind of in a team setting like you are. And so sometimes we'll have, especially like maybe with like Reds recovery or things like that, they're like, okay, well, like, what should I do for my training plan? I'm like, that's not our space. (laughs) Like, (laughs) we're not, we're not somebody who can like wear all the hats. Um, Right. But I think that also comes with like, again, experience, having good mentors, people that can guide you in the right direction where it's like, this is our role. This is how we can be most effective. This is how we work with others.
2: We could probably sit here and talk all about the role of a dietitian, especially in this sports setting all day long. But we'll get into our high and low segment, which is just where we share a little bit about our week personally, the good, and maybe the parts of our week we wish had gone a little bit differently. Riley, can you kick us off today?
1: Yeah. So my high for this week, and I think all of us maybe can resonate with us on the podcast, but I've had a lot of athletes in the last couple of weeks where it's finally started to click. We've been doing some work for a couple of weeks, some a couple of months, and it's like everything's clicking. And it's just nice to see because sometimes again, like the journey for nutrition and like recovery and all those different types of things is not a straight line, even though a lot of people think it is. So it's been really nice to have some people start meeting their goals and that it just click. I can't describe it. I was thinking about before like how I was gonna describe it, but it just like Clicks. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but it clicks. so much. Yeah. It's, it's great. <laughs> so that's my high. My low, it's, it's going to sound very silly, but one of my favorite carbohydrates is cereal. And this morning I was so excited because I woke up and I was like, I'm going to have a great bowl of cereal. So excited. I walked downstairs. I poured my cereal in my bowl and then I don't have any milk.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> and it was so sad. <laughs> it's tragic. It
1: was tragic yeah and it just it was like the simplest thing but I was just like so excited about my cereal and then I had to pivot directions
2: will you eat cereal dry or do you need milk
1: I needed the milk like it wasn't happening I thought about it I had to go a different direction
2: I'm very sorry about the lack of milk in the baby household this morning Katie, do you have a high and low you can share?
0: Yeah, high is finally starting to get a little bit of time to relax, which is nice. I was telling Riley, I I teach a course at University of Texas and that's starting to wrap up and starting to get some guys reach out about off-season planning, which is always fun because that's when we can do a whole lot of nutrition work. I'm looking forward to that. My low, my husband tested positive for COVID the day before my whole family was supposed to come here for Thanksgiving. And so our Thanksgiving week was me downstairs and him upstairs and no family (laughs) time. (laughs) I guess another high is he's finally getting over that so he can kind of reintegrate into the household, but that was a lot. So I'll just focus on my highs.
2: Okay. I will wrap up our high and low segment, and then we'll get into some questions. My high for the week is just the weather here. I live in Arizona and the winter months are just so drastically different than my winter months in Ohio because we don't have snow. (laughs) So (laughs) it's been wonderful to be outside, get some sunshine and just spend time in warm, sunny days, which has just been great. My low on the other hand is that I'm not doing a very great job keeping up with my hydration. So I'm just noticing that really have to focus on it, especially when you live in a dry climate. So everybody this is your hydration reminder for the day (laughs) love it
1: we all need to drink more water so katie you just won the world series with the texas rangers which is awesome we have a couple questions about that and then just a couple questions for you about fueling at the highest level and what can athletes be doing who are listening to this podcast? I guess what can they be doing to meet their goals? Do I want to kick us off with questions?
2: So our first question, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but can you share a little bit more about your experience being the sports dietitian for a World Series championship team? Kind of tell us a little bit more about what that's like.
0: Yeah, it was incredible. I don't think I've ever been so anxious and stressed and happy and excited all at the same time. I kept getting alerts from my Apple Watch that were like, your resting heart rate has increased this week. And I'm like, I know I'm sitting down three hours a day with a resting heart rate of 100 beats per minute. Our team barely made the postseason this year. It was kind of a question of, are we even going to make a postseason, even after having such a great year? So to kind of see it slowly, all the pieces being put together were incredible. And, you know, I've been working in baseball for 10 years, but these guys have been dreaming of this. This has been their goal since, I don't know, they were five or six years old, the, the athletes and the coaches, and literally getting to see their joy and like how much this meant to them and their fans. Families like we've had. We had a guy who played a little bit in, in the regular season, but then we kind of got stacked towards the end of the season, and he wasn't playing as much. And he just came in every day and worked really hard without the reward of playing time. And then we had an injury, and to see him come in and he just had a wonderful game. And you know that interview, they were like, you know, what, how did you prepare for this? And he's like, I prepared for this for 15 years. So like those kind of stories were just unbelievable. I was obviously lucky to be there to support them, but the the joy that I get out of all this is really like it's not every day you get to see a team accomplish something they've been dreaming about for 20, 30 years of their life. That experience was amazing. In terms of the nutrition strategies, it's kind of like any postseason. You know, you work the whole year to get people into routines. So that way, when you get into the postseason, it's second nature. And we aren't tweaking things really that much towards the end. It's really about consistency and dealing with the crazy travel. You know, we're in a different city every two to three days for a month and making sure that they're just doing the basics really well well, making sure that they're staying hydrated on those really long flights, making sure they're consistent with their supplements. But a good thing about baseball is they're routine and they're superstitious. So (laughs) once we find something that works early in the year, once we get to this point, like they don't want to change it. We know what works. We know what makes them feel good. We know what doesn't. I don't want to change it. I just want it to be second nature so they can kind of just focus on what they need to on the field. Obviously, they're there to answer questions, but they really put in a lot of the work in the beginning of the year. And then it's just kind of about consistency towards towards the end. But winning a World Series is something that you always hope that you'll be a part of. And just to actually have it unfold, I'm, I'm not even certain that I still believe that it happened. <laughs>
1: Thank goodness that at UT, you got put with baseball.
0: I mean, I think about that all the time, because I literally was like, I want to be a sports dietitian for football, and I wanted to work football, and that's literally why I went to UT for grad school, because I was like, I want to work a big football program in Texas, and that was the place, and I ended up, sports I loved the most were the ones that I never thought I would like. I loved tennis, I loved baseball, I loved volleyball, and those sports, like, I never I didn't know really anything about. And so it has all felt kind of serendipitous (laughs) from
1: the beginning. I love something that you said, and you've kind of talked a lot about it and you kept using the word consistency. I would love to hear a little bit more about like some of the things that you implemented because I guess throughout the season, because what happens a lot of the time is I always get questions from athletes who are like, Hey, I'm in the postseason. Like, what should I do with my nutrition for the next two weeks? And right. it's a little late, right? right then, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, nutrition is important, but the framework and the foundation that we're setting during season is going to set us up for success in the postseason.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you guys have preached this before to your athletes. Is that's not the time to try something new. Once you get into the postseason, that's not when we want to be making super big tweaks. And that's kind of the message that I told guys, I had a guy who was wanting to lose a little bit of weight. And I was like, we're not doing that in the postseason. We're not. That's just, it's not appropriate. You're going to start feeling tired. I was like, this is just not the time to do it. We can focus on that in the off season right now. It's just about kind of maintaining. And so having things consistently done through the season, I always say like one good day is not going to make you and one bad day is not going to break you. You know, getting in baseball is a, a supplement sport. We use a lot of supplements and a lot of the things that we use have to take time to build up into the system. And so so if you take, let's say glucosamine, you can't take glucosamine for a week and see any benefit. And even if you take it for six months, you still might not see some some benefit. The research is kind of iffy, but a lot of these things, again, we have to do with consistency early on. So that way, when you are tired towards the end, when you are struggling to hold on to weight, we have some consistent habits in there to help with that. We had an everyday player last year who was just losing weight. I didn't really have relationships built with the guys last year because it was my first year. and so coming into this year in spring training, I was like, we need to start having a plan now for your year. We know you're gonna lose weight. We know you're prone to it. And we can't have you losing weight in October. And so we implemented strategies and spring training. So that way in October he was healthy. So it's great to have that mindset of like, okay, this is the postseason or this is the championship run and I really need to dial in. But like you said, if a two-week run and it's like okay, well I'm sure we can make you can always make small little tweaks here and there, but I needed to know this a while ago. <laughs> Will we always say that you
1: survive the season and you thrive in the off season. Like the off seasons, when yeah. you make changes. It's when you try things new. It's when you change yeah. body comp. And then season, we're trying to win. We're, that's what we're doing.
0: Yeah, trying to hold on to the good that you did in the off-season and recover as best you can and hope that you stay as fresh as possible when it matters most.
1: Yes. So you mentioned this, but baseball is a very superstitious sport. I would love if you have any superstitions That some people practice, obviously HIPAA safe, but any superstitions or maybe like some common myths that you hear in the locker room?
0: Superstitions by person is very different. So you saw a lot of odd facial hair kind of towards the end of the year, because if you start winning, like I'm finally getting a haircut on Thursday and I'm so excited because I was like, I can't change my hair. And then we'd start doing badly. And then the guy's like, you got a haircut. And I'm like, oh no. (laughs) it's all crazy. your fault any little any little thing and, and it gets dicey when it's nutrition related where they tacked themselves on to something that was not super healthy and they were like oh this is for the rally and I was like oh I can't say no to this because if I say no to them and this is the rally food and we don't rally that's my fault And so for from a nutrition perspective as a dietitian I actually think that's something that people underestimate and that you got to shut that stuff down really fast if you hear about it. And it's something you don't want them doing for a long time, because if they're like, oh, I drink Dr. Pepper every single day and that's my, that's my good luck food. It's like, if you don't stop that now, that's going to be something that they do all year long. And so, you know, if I have someone who's doing that and then maybe they like hit a slump, I'm like. Maybe we should maybe look at that Dr Pepper. I think it might be losing some of its magic. (laughs) It's funny because it's it's very real and like I wore the same clothes every single day for our postseason. And there's just a lot of superstition around it. Like we don't talk about games moving fast and things like that. And it's a real thing if you do something against the superstition, like people will legitimately get mad. And so again, from a nutrition perspective, you have to be aware of kind of what these superstitions are that are building and either make sure that it's something good <laughs> or if it's something you really don't want to kind of get on top of that That bath. Athletes at any level are not immune to what's in the media. So whatever you kind of see in the population, whatever you see on TikTok, whatever you see on Twitter, that's what's gonna permeate the clubhouse as well. At the pro level, you also have wives girlfriends family members that also are you know a wife is like hey my husband needs to be dairy free and i'm like oh maybe not I'm gonna lose that battle because you know last year we didn't. I can't really say there was one that really stuck this year, but last year the big thing was the Liver King. Everybody wanted to eat organ meat. I was like, number one, can we can we look at how that guy is built? That body doesn't play baseball. So if you guys want to go into a bodybuilding competition, maybe we're gonna adjust nutrition for that. But we're not bodybuilders. Like that body doesn't move super well in the outfield. And number two, I was like, he's taking steroids. Before all that came out, but I was like, I'll literally give you my entire year salary that this guy is taking steroids. And so when that finally came out, I got so many text messages. They're like, Oh my god, you were right! I was like, I know. I'm good at my job. I know. <laughs> so you know, keeping up with things on social media because I have to know what nutrition myth I'm gonna have to bust. As you guys know, it's something new all the time, and a lot of our job is just being like, No, that's not actually what you want to be doing. So really, kind of anything you see in the media, and then I also think a, a myth, especially especially in baseball, is that there's always something bigger and better. There's always something new that's gonna be the new thing that's gonna boost your performance. And I think sometimes there's a little resistance working with a dietitian because sometimes you're just not that bigger, better things. Carbohydrate metabolism doesn't change. That's gonna pretty much stay the same. I'm pretty confident in that. So some of our recommendations aren't like shiny and new and flashy. They're consistent and they work, but sometimes they're not super Exciting. And I think, you know, in the world of now, all the sports science and everything coming out that's amazing, everybody's looking for the next big thing, the next new thing. And it's like creatine's great. Creatine works, it's fabulous. Why are we going to mess with that? <laughs> Why don't we just? stick with that. It's like, well, that's not new with that. We've had that for a long time. And I'm like, yeah, there's a reason you have had it for a long time. So I think that's a big, maybe across all sports is everyone's always looking for the the bigger, newer, like shiny object syndrome. And it's, sometimes it's just not
1: there. I always joke. Like if it was magical, first of all, I would be super rich because I would be recommending it to everybody. And I'd be changing <laughs> yeah. everybody's lives. It would be great. The second thing is also like everybody would be doing it. If it right. worked. like everybody's doing creatine because creatine monohydrate works. Great. <laughs> barbs because it works and like you said it's not the flashiest i think that is sometimes hard for us dietitians because we're preaching the truth not the the trendy colostrum that we're seeing on the internet or things like that
2: we've been talking a lot about like the shiny things the things that you see trending on tiktok and social media and that is a lot of what younger athletes kind of get their advice from especially if they don't have the guidance from a sports dietitian so what are your biggest pieces of advice for a young athlete hoping to elevate their game to eventually get to the pro level like you said a lot of people it's their goal you know since they were five they've been working on it for 15 years what are your what are your tips yeah i think you know
0: in in the college setting it's probably a little bit better because now i would think most colleges have some sort of performance nutrition resource but you look at the high school athlete it's really hard to know where to get your information from so for somebody who might not have the resource of a dietitian, go to a more credible source so you can find really good resources on like Gatorade. Sports Science Institute, I think does a phenomenal job of, of research. You can find uh, a researcher like Asker Jukendroop on Twitter posts really great graphics that are like, why do I take creatine? And what is it? And it's finding more reputable sources of your information. If it's on TikTok, there's dietitians on TikTok. And sometimes that's, that's great. But you need to go to kind of the more large proven sources, I would say, if you don't have access to a dietitian so another place where you can find good sports nutrition information is go to college performance nutrition instagrams because those are oftentimes run by a group of sports dietitians who have combined good experience i would say generally i don't see a lot of fad information posted on that i see a lot of science-based information and again it's easily digestible information for younger athletes so i think that's a great resource Because those college sports dietitians are putting that information out there for not only their athletes, but the general public. I think it's hard
1: too, because like on TikTok, there are dietitians, but there's a lot of people that are like very niche to a certain group and not all of that information like applies, right? Like the the name of this podcast is like Eat More Carbs. If somebody is diabetic, this podcast might not really apply to them. (laughs) Also kind of navigating that when you're in the social media space.
2: Katie, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing so much about your baseball and sports nutrition knowledge. I know that for a lot of people, it's really helpful to hear some of the things that you've shared today. We will leave all of Katie's information in the podcast description so that way you can reach out if you have any sports related questions, baseball questions or anything like that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Eat More Carbs podcast. Please make sure you rate, subscribe and review. If you want to ask questions for Riley and I, you can always leave them in the comment section or you can find us on Instagram We're at the Eat More Carbs podcast. You can find me on Instagram at jenna.fisher.nutrition and you can find Riley at riley.baity.nutrition. Thank you again for listening and remember to eat more carbs.